Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And it says this, for I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. See, listen, we as women have opportunities like never before to use our God-given gifts and tools. Things like social media, blogs, Etsy, Pinterest, you name it. We got it, Instagram. We've got these platforms and these avenues to express our God-given gifts, passions, and talents. And I just want to say at the start of this word, we today have never had the tools and opportunities to build the very place God has placed us like we do right now. But with that comes a great responsibility, a great responsibility to understanding the path that God has for us to build. So the word I'm bringing to you today, where are my note takers? Let me see you. Oh, I see pen and paper. Did you give them pen and paper, Sarah? That's amazing. That is amazing. Okay, one more time. Where are you at? All right, here we go. Write this down the top of your notes, right? Can you hear it? Question mark. Can you hear it? Now look to the lady on your right and say, this word's for you, girl. Get ready. Now look at the girl on your left and say, if you lost five pounds, you look good. Okay. Now we're expectant and happy. Now we're ready. Can you hear it? First Kings chapter 18 is our passage of scripture. And just out of respect for time, I'm not going to read all of it. But let me give you context of First Kings chapter 18. Can you hear it? 1 Kings chapter 18. King Ahab is ruling the people of Israel at this time. Bad dude, bad guy, bad king. And he's got an even more cray-cray wife. Her name is Jezebel. And Jezebel hates the prophets of God. And she's going straight up nuts. And she's taking out all the prophets of the land. Uh, The prophets of God, they're escaping to Judah. They're escaping to other places. Commentaries say that in this time in 1 Kings chapter 18, any of the prophets of God that are remaining, they're literally hiding in caves. They're hiding, running for their life, and even friends of the prophet of God are having their own lives um, possibly threatened because they are friends with the people of the one true God. So King Ahab is a bad dude. King Queen Jezebel, she's even crazier. The prophets of God are being rid out of the very land of God, the place of Israel, quickly, fast. And in 1 Kings chapter 18, you have a couple prophets of God remaining. You got some, a couple men of God. They're still there. They're hanging on. They haven't, you know, they haven't left. They haven't escaped. They haven't been pushed out quite yet. And you've got Elijah. Elijah's one of these men. He's one of these men of God, prophets of God, and he's there. And see, in 1 Kings chapter 18, something else is happening in Israel. They are in their third year of a drought. And King Ahab really does not like Elijah because one chapter prior, which is actually three years prior, 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah comes to King Ahab and he predicts, he tells him, hey, hey uh, King Ahab, a drought is coming. Because of their hardened hearts and turning away from God, Elijah predicts this drought. Now 1 Kings chapter 18, they are now three years into this drought, which means if you are in a three-year drought, truly, a three-year job. The people of Israel are probably experiencing symptoms like weariness, frustration. How about this? Feeling like things are never going to change. Anyone else been there before other than this preacher's wife? Anxiety, discouragement, depressed, fearful for their future, 
These could very well be the symptoms of the culture of the people during this time. In the very midst of King Ahab ruling and Jezebel ridding the land of the prophets of God, this three-year drought. Come on, ladies, have you ever found yourself experiencing similar symptoms in your life? Three years, no rain. Still believing, hoping, trying to have faith. But maybe you find yourself, and we've talked about today, weary, discouraged, anxious. Some of you would even say you're depressed, fearful for your future. And then in the midst of all this, in the midst of this very real, thick reality of symptoms and emotions and feelings, God comes to Elijah again. And he says, hey, Elijah, hey, I need you one more time. I need you to go back to King Ahab and I need you to tell him to get ready because rain is coming. Now you have to understand something. Some uh, translations in the word of God say that King Ahab literally nicknamed Elijah the troublemaker. Like he can't stand this dude. And he has the ability, King Ahab, to at the very moment he sees Elijah's face to take his life if he wants to. So this very thing that God is asking Elijah to do is quite risky, uncomfortable, He's putting his life on the line, but Elijah chooses to do so. And I want to just kind of take us to um, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. I want to recap where we're at, and I'm going to read you a couple scriptures. Can I read you the word of God today? Is that okay? Here in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah finally gives this message to Ahab, and they decide to have a little showdown between Baal, you know, the false god, and the real true god. So they go to a famous place called Mount Carmel. Now, I had the amazing opportunity to go to Israel this past summer with my husband and some other pastors. Has anyone else ever been to Israel before? Let me see. Okay, y'all need to go. So I found out something about me. I'm kind of rebellious. There's this rebellious streak, and when people tell me something is like so delicious, or it's going to be so amazing, I'm kind of like, yeah, right. We'll see. Did anyone else like that out there? Where yeah. And so people were like, get ready. Israel is going to be life-changing. I was kind of like, we'll see, you know? And uh, it was only moments and days and hours when I was actually on the Holy Land where you would find me in a corner weeping like a small child because I was overcome with the presence of God. And on this trip in Israel, which was life-changing and incredible, one day I found myself on Mount Carmel. And do we actually have that picture? Do we have a picture? This is Mount Carmel. Do you see like this little, this area where the people are sitting, the stone underneath them? This is the very altar where Elijah tells King Ahab, hey, get your prophets of Baal, get your leaders of the nation, meet me on the top of Mount Carmel. We're going to have a showdown to see whose God is the true God and brings fire, what have you. So here they are. It's not that big of a space. I got to tell you, when your natural feet touch the very places that scripture talks about, it moves from a story to a reality very quick, very quick. So here Elijah is with hundreds, 450 prophets of Baal. He's got leaders of the nation, King Ahab and others, and they're on this very spot, the top of Mount Carmel. You can take that picture down. And the prophets of Baal, they have cut themselves, they have chanted, they have done everything in religious tradition to do to get their God to bring fire and to do what he does, and nothing happens. So finally, Elijah's done mocking them. He's done making fun of them. He says, you're done. It's my turn. Verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Verse 32, with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seas of seed. 
He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and he laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said. Do it again. Do it a third time. He ordered, and they did it the third time, and the water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. And at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and he prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done everything and all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Simple prayer. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Three significant things that Elijah did in 1 Kings chapter 18 that I believe are for us in our lives today. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Elijah brought a true sacrifice. He brought himself first. See, we have to understand that if God did not come through in this moment at Mount Carmel, Elijah's life could be ended. Here Elijah was present. Again, everyone, let's take this story and let's make it a reality. Here Elijah was standing on Mount Carmel, this intimate place, this space. And you have King Ahab who hates him, calls him the troublemaker, has turned from the ways of God. You have leaders of the nation, 450 false prophets. Can someone say, hello, intimidation? And Good, thank you. And Elijah. And these people at this time, they had a great commitment to religion and away from the true power of God. Woo! A great commitment to religion and away from the true power of God. See, this is one of the things I love about Denver, Colorado. They don't even have religion. It's either like, it's cool, like I'm either smoking weed or I think I'm going to go to church. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like Colorado is just so raw. But we got to be careful in the Christian circles because sometimes in our journey with God and knowing God and learning God and loving him, we can find ourselves having a great commitment to religion, religious practice, religious duties, and actually turn away from the power of God. Y'all with me, his conference, where you at? Okay, and in their desperation, in this third year drought, anxiety, depression, fear for their future, weariness, thirst, they clung to an idol, a false god. And here Elijah was face to face with this reality, but he brought a true sacrifice. He brought himself first. What am I saying? Listen, I believe before this moment on Mount Carmel, this is the Instagram highlight reel moment that we read about in 1 Kings 18. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, this is the get on Instagram and you see the highs and the winds and the fires falling. I think before this moment, the true sacrifice that Elisha brought, this pivotal defining moment in his walk with God, it actually happened in a place in a space that scripture doesn't even let us see. And if you don't agree with me, I don't care. Don't email me about it. Don't email Pastor Josh, Pastor Sarah about it. Just disregard it. 
But that moment when Elijah heard God say, hey, Elisha, I need to use you again. I need you to go back to King Ahab and tell him that rain's coming. Are you kidding me, God? Are you aware? Can you come from heaven to earth for a moment? Are you aware of the situation going on here? The prophets are gone. We're hiding. We're, we're like, Jezebel's crazy. Like, are you aware? Do you, do you do understand that simply being a carrier of the message could cause me to lose and risk my own life? See, I believe Elijah had to wrestle this yes. Come on, somebody. He had to wrestle this, yes, and thank God we get the highlight reel of fire falling in 1 Kings chapter 18. But before that miraculous moment, I believe Elijah had to wrestle his fears, his pride, his comfort, his insecurity. See, it's really easy to say, God, take my life, break every chain. My life is yours, holy ground, and the company of hundreds of women. But my friends, Monday's coming. And when you're alone and God's saying, hey, I need this. I need this, this source of your depression. I need the source of your addiction. I need the source of your fear. I need the source of the unknown. I need it. I need you to give it to me. This is going to be your moment where you are truly going to have the opportunity to bring a true sacrifice, the sacrifice of yourself. And before Mount Carmel, before going even to King Ahab, Elijah received this message and he made the choice to say yes. And then not only did he lay his own life on the altar by approaching the king and then trotting on over to Mount Carmel, but when it was his turn to set the stage for God to move, he added a little extra fun to it. He drenched the altar in water and then he called on the name of our God. And listen, you have not gathered here today to be entertained. I have not left my church, my family, what I need to do in Denver, Colorado to get on the airplane and have a good 48 hours. That is not why I'm here. I am here because I am carrying a message from heaven. And if you have ears to hear today, I want you to hear the voice of God. Some of you have become comfortable even in just your yes to him. But God's saying, it's time to move from your yes and to get onto the altar where I want to do the miraculous. It's time to move from the very place of I'm listening, I'm hearing, and it's time to move into get into position for your purpose. Are you with me, his conference? Where you at? He brought a true sacrifice. We are in a time where the gospel has never been more available. And at the very same time, there is the greatest doubt and independence from it. And some of you have even asked yourself today, is this real? Is God real? Oh, my friend, if you've asked that question, I'm so glad you have. Because the very fact that you're asking that shows me, and I want to let you know it's showing you that the God of the universe is in active pursuit of you. He's in active pursuit of you. Elijah stood in an atmosphere of intimidation, though. After his yes to God and bringing a sacrifice, he finds himself on Mount Carmel in this arena of leaders, of 
those who have turned away from God and are calling on the name of a, a false God, a, an inactive God. And listen, I want you to know this is for someone. If you get this, I'm telling you, you're welcome. Go home. Not yet. And good night. But the enemy, listen, are you listening? Lean in. Let me see. Everyone go like this to this. Let me see it. There you are. The enemy will always bring a spirit of intimidation when you are in position for your miracle. Okay. The enemy will always bring a spirit of intimidation when you are in position for your miracle. And if that's not you, let me just tell you, this is what happens in my life. He will bring a spirit of intimidation when I am in position for my miracle. And the devil is so lame. He is so lame. He is so stupid. He doesn't even have new attacks because we've been seeing him doing this since the beginning of time, my friends. Genesis chapter one, the sneaky snake, as my daughter likes to call him, comes all on, on into the garden of Eden and he gets Eve's attention. And this is how he brings intimidation in Genesis chapter one. He brings it with a question. Hey, did God really say, Ooh. Because when we are in seasons of discouragement, when we are more consumed with the path and not the purpose and the promise, we are in vulnerable states of listening to that very lie that comes in the package of a question. Did God really say, as for you and your house, you would serve the Lord. Look at that man. He's a fool. He's so far from knowing you, knowing me. He will come and bring a spirit of intimidation. But friends, I am here in Oklahoma City to awaken your hearts to what God is doing in you. He is doing a new thing. He is stirring something and it's happening in the foundation of your heart. And the very reason you cleared your schedule, you got a babysitter and it's okay. Those kids are okay as long as the house doesn't catch fire. Can I get an amen? As long as they are there and you are here, you are here because God says, hey, I am doing something new in you. And everything you have been feeling, experiencing, fighting, I have been with you. I have not forsaken you. I love you. You are mine and I am yours. And we just got to come back to the basics in the very place and the very space that you find yourself today. Will you give me your yes again? Will you give me your yes again? Listen, I hear the sound. Elijah said, get ready. I hear the sound of rain, but I hear the sound of women saying yes to God and positioning themselves for the miracle. Let me hear it say yes. yes. Saying yes to God. I hear the sound of miracles being put in motion in lives, families, communities, and local churches in this city. I hear the sound of women rebuilding what the enemy has been destroying. And this is what it sounds like. This is what his women sound like when they are getting in position for their miracle. They say, uh, I do not have any more time for inappropriate relationships. I am rebuilding my marriage. I do not have time for gossip. I am rebuilding my character. I do not have time for addiction. We, me and Jesus, are rebuilding dreams. I do not have time for foolish friendships. We, me and Jesus, are rebuilding integrity. I do not have one more second for religion. We are building faith with the one true God.
to know his heart, to step into the fullness of what God has for you, it begins with offering a true sacrifice, a sacrifice of yourself. Can we go a little bit deeper? I knew I could. I knew I could with you people. I knew it. You guys are awesome. Number two, here it is. Elijah prayed a simple prayer of faith. I love that. Before the fire came, all he did was step up and he prayed a simple prayer of faith. Man, do you ever feel like me? Where like you're your own, great, your worst enemy? Get things so confusing with God. Just get things so confusing. And Elijah stepped up and he just said, hey, Lord. Show these people today that you are the one true God and that everything I have said about you is true. And God moved. See, I love what happens next. He, after the fire comes and God's awesome, he looks at Ahab and he says, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear the sound of rain. And the reason he had to tell King Ahab this is because King Ahab was, had been fasting for Baal to move, for Baal to be shown powerful. And Elijah knew that not only the fire had just come, but he knew rain was about to follow. And um, I, I wrestled this, but I just, can I just be obedient here today? I just got to be obedient today. And I just feel like maybe this is a word for someone. Someone here, you have just been praying and fasting for something, praying and fasting, praying and fasting, believing. And I just feel like God wants you to know today, you need to go eat and drink because that promise is on its way. Eat and drink. And, may, and I think there was such a, a, an atmosphere of faith here this afternoon in that worship. Pastor Colleen had an amazing word for women who want to get pre- I don't know what it is, but it's time to eat and drink because your promise is on its way. It's time to eat and drink. The promise is on its way. Okay, we're going to go a little bit deeper. He prayed a simple prayer of faith. So after... Elijah prays this and the fire falls. Listen, let's lean into this. He says, I hear the sound of rain. Not like, huh, did you feel that? He said, I hear. Okay, Cassie, um, will you want to bring my help, bring me my goods? Okay, how did he hear it? Do you ever get annoyed with all these people? Like, I just heard God say, I just heard God say, I just, it's like, what, what does that mean? Well, all you people are hearing God all the time. Well, you know, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that actually in a minute. We're going to put a pin in that. But Elijah says, I hear the sound of rain. How did he hear it? What did he hear? Did he hear like a rumble in the clouds? Did he like feel thunder in his gut? Like, what is that? I believe, okay, y'all with me? I believe like way back over here, like beginning, even before 1 Kings chapter 18, when God comes to Elijah and says, hey, Elijah, I need you to take this message. Remember, take this message to King Ahab. I believe way back in that moment that the Bible doesn't let us see when he's wrestling that, thinking about that. You're right. This yes would put his very life on the line. I believe with that yes and the privacy of no one but him and God, when he said yes, I believe God, and again, we don't know for sure. This is what I'm thinking. And if you don't like it again, don't tell us about it. Just keep it to yourself. I think God unlocked supernatural clarity, which leads me to believe that surrender, our yes, unlocks clarity. Because here is what I have found happen in my life. I will be going through things, and tell me if this ever happens to you, 
Have you ever found, let me put it this way, have you ever found the times in your life where you need to hear God the most? You cannot hear him. Anyone else? Let me see your hand. Where are you at? Okay, I'm not alone. This pastor's wife. Pastor's wives aren't exempt from this. Listen, you know those times, like the house is on fire. God, I need to hear you. What, how do I put the fire out? And it's like you're unable to hear. And this is what I have found in my life. And this is going to be revelation for someone. Sometimes, you know, like I have a 10-year-old, 8-year-old, and 3-year-old. And usually when I get home from trips, they all line up on the couch. And they're all excited because I always bring them home a little something. Even if it's like a pack of gum from the airport. And they all sit on the couch, all three of them. And they close their eyes and they hold their hands out like this. And they get ready. Usually the three-year-old totally like cheats the whole time, you know, and isn't closing his eyes. And they're all ready for the gift. And when you give gifts, this, I stole this from my daughter's room because I just thought this is a gift, by the way. And um, when you give gifts, this is how your hand receives it, right? It's like this. And so when I give my kids the gift, it's their hands are open. And I have found sometimes in my life, and maybe yours, the very gifts of God that are given to me can become my greatest struggle of surrender if I'm not careful. So I find like when God gives me the gift of that hottie bobody, Jacob Bolette, who is now my husband 15 years later. Thank you, everybody. When he gives me that husband, those children, the church, how about this? Dreams and promises. We're just like, so excited. And we take it with hands open, but I'm just going to let you in on my craziness and my own struggles. Somewhere, sometimes, along the way, something happens. I don't even know exactly when it begins. I wish I could know the moment it happens. But I take those very gifts of that man, those kids, that church, those hopes and dreams, and in the journey, I'll go from a posture of this, gratitude, open-handedness, thank you for the gift, God, and I'll just slowly begin to put my fingers around it. And when I move from a posture of this to control, God, thank you for this church, but if we're going to go to the next level, I got to like get my, my mind in there, my gifts and my talents and my peeps in there, and I'll begin to control Thrive Church. When I go like this with my husband, I begin to put manipulation or intimidation or whatever, moodiness, and y'all know it's not that time of the month, so you're just using it as a free card. Come on, I'm calling someone out today. And we put our hands around it. This is what happens in my life. Is it okay? him. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I'm still journeying with God and walking with God and in the word of God. And I'm still stewarding and holding the very gifts of God. But it's like, I can't hear him. So that's when I, I get my prayer circle. You know, I start talk, texting all my preacher wife girls all over the country. I'm like, hey girl, pray for me. I just need to hear God about this thing. I just got to hear him about the kids, about the church, about this next decision, about what to do. And it's like when I am struggling to hear about that very thing I'm seeking him about, it is an invitation for me to say, God, you know what? This very gift you've gifted me, this promise, this gift, this talent, 
this church, these people, that husband, those friends. I'm just going to slow the train on down and I'm going like, to give it all back to you. I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to take all my hopes and my plans and the strategy board and what the consultant said and what my dream team said. I'm just, I'm going to give it all to you. And I'm just going to, I'm going to trust you again and remind myself that who I am is not what I do, but I'm a daughter of the most high God, that I am royalty and I am yours. And actually, if I never did another thing the rest of my days, but I just loved you and loved my family, that in that you would be well pleased. And I'm just going to begin to delight in you and trust in you. And then I get into this posture of surrender. Can I tell you what happens? All of a sudden, I can hear him. I can hear him. And oftentimes, it's not even something to do or a decision to make. I just hear the voice of my Abba Father being with me, walking with me. And usually, he's like, there, there, calm down, child. <laughs> Crazy, fake, blonde-haired lady. Just calm down. Don't let me fool you. You see the roots? Y'all see the roots? And I believe that back in that really cool place of surrender, Elijah had supernatural clarity unlocked. And many of you are saying, man, how does God speak to you? How does God speak to Pastor Sarah like that? How do those worship leaders get that word? Listen, if you want to hear God speak to you, I've got a guarantee, foolproof way. Grab your Bible. Who's got their Bible on their phone or whatever? You get your Bible, okay? Go home today, stand in front of the mirror. Open that Bible, read it out loud, and look at yourself. Because every time we read the very word of God, it is his voice to us. But the enemy wants to say, but did he say? You didn't really get goosebumps. You didn't cry during holy ground. You didn't take your shoes off, which I missed that memo. That's why my shoes weren't off. I'm sorry. Did he really say to you? And I want you to know what you do during those times, what you do is you come back to the basics of not religion, not duty, not even fasting sometimes. You just come back to the very essence of the living, breathing word of God that does not lie. And when there is confusion and there is conflict within your soul, you grab the word of God and you open it up and you read it aloud. When it says, greater is he who is inside of me, daughter of the most most high God, Hanolet, than he that is in the world. Clarity, come, surrender, enter, confusion, go. And we take our authority. Someone say authority. Look at the girl on your right and say with some sass, say authority. We take our authority. And I just, I want to like, I want to help. I want to give a little, mm, give a little sister to sister push. Some of you have been hearing something in your spirit. You've been hearing something. Write that book. Mentor that girl. Start that small group. Start serving at New Song. Some of you are here and you've just been church hopping. You're not even family, friends, sister, child. Get yourself in spiritual family. Because Psalms 9.2.13 says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Not those who eat a little off that table, that table, that table. No, get yourself in a healthy house. News on Church is a healthy house. Get yourself in the house of God and flourish, honey. Flourish, flourish. Some of you have been hearing something in your spirit. Let that unforgiveness go. Oh, and I want you to know that is the word of God. Y'all with me? Are y'all with me? 
I want to say something here um, before I introduce the last point, and then we're just gonna we're just gonna declare and worship what God's done in this. Um, I want to say this. I just want to talk to some destinies inside of someone's heart here today. I want to talk to those um, who are seasoned in their walk with the Lord, and you've been journeying with God for quite some time. You know with my tribe of women and pastors' wives all over the country. It's like, y'all know that book, Sarah's it by Dr. Seuss, Are You My Mother? Who's the, who writes that book? Are you my mother? You know, he's like, loads of tractor, are you my mother? And he's like, goes to the tree, are you my mother? And it's like, there is this void for spiritual mothers. And that's why, like, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to have a queen in the kingdom like Pastor Colleen here today. I hope y'all leaned in and took notes. She's a queen in the kingdom. She's a spiritual mama to us. But there's a void for that. And I just want to speak to those of you who are, um, you've been journeying with God for some time. And I just want to let you know that um, maybe God's been calling you to be a spiritual mama in your house and in your sphere of influence. And I think the enemy is hijacking this destiny through busyness and insecurity. And, And we don't need you to say things perfectly. Please don't say things perfectly. We don't need you to look perfect. Please don't be perfect. We just need you to talk to us about walking with God when things are hard, how you don't give up, when marriage is hard. We just need to hear about that. And someone here today, listen, we never age out of saying yes to God. And we need those who have gone or going ahead of us to continue in their yes. And if I can just talk to my generation and those younger, I'll be 38 in a couple weeks. Oh, Lord Jesus. Wow. You know, may we be found with a pen and paper in our hand. I know with the tools we're given right now, social media and everything, we can look like experts, but we're not yet. Never will be, right? May we be found with a pen and paper in hand, teachable, humble, hungry to learn. Because here's the thing, Elijah, oh man, can I really, can I give you, I need, just need your permission to say this next thing. Can I have your permission? Okay, I'm going to say it. Elijah found himself on an altar, not a platform. Oh man, come on, I'm being real. I'm not talking at you. I'm like, I'm inviting you in. In the world we live in today, even in Christianity, we can be so consumed with our platforms. You know, some of you mamas, you just got to get off Pinterest. You need to delete it off your everything because you get on there and you feel like a failure. You feel discouraged. You feel like, listen, you know what? Those kids, we all know they're a hot mess once that phone leaves their faces. You know, back to fighting and biting one another and not having matching clothes and Cheerios up their nose. You all know it's the real reality. Listen, listen, listen. I've never said this before in this word. I want to say this. We need to be aware of the triggers that pull us away from the path of God's purpose. And listen, don't take cues from the girl on your right and your left. Some of you, you can't handle Facebook anymore. You need to get off of it. You can't handle those friendships anymore. You need to end them. It's time to go into one season of an ear on the ground and an ear towards heaven to hear what your Abba, Father, who wants to move from heaven to earth and talk intimately with you, has to say about you. How he is well pleased. Is that what Pastor Colleen said? In you. In you, I am well pleased. Man, he didn't find himself on 
a platform. He found himself on an altar. I'd invite you to join me in this prayer in my own life. God, may I be more consumed with your presence than with a platform. More consumed with your presence. Final point is this. And worship team, wherever you amazing people are, you can come on out and begin to tickle the keys. That's what I tease our band with. They're like, don't ever say that again, Pastor Hannah. Like, tickle the keys. Like, oh my gosh. And I think every pastor's wife wants to be on the worship team. Pastor Colleen, do you? Can you sing, though? Oh, you can, Sarah. Can you sing? Okay, go. Josh, let me remind you. We are God's favorite. And there is an army. No, come on, girls, give her some love. We know you can sing, sister. Get it, girl. Yeah. I hear it. I hear the sound. Oh, okay, hold on. I hear the sound. Keep believing. Verse 43. Elijah tells Ahab, go eat and drink, man. Rain's coming. Rain's coming. He declares his promise. And you're going to feel compelled today to declare the promises of God over your life again. But look what happens in verse 43. Then he, Elijah, says to his servant, go and look out towards the sea because he wants them to see the rain coming. The servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I don't see anything. (laughs) Can you imagine? Have you ever felt that? that? That place of moving from faith to fulfillment of that promise, that place of transition, scary. I don't see anything yet. Seven times. Elijah told him, go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, Elijah, I saw a little rain cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And if I've come all this way to do just the simple duty of being the very mouthpiece of God to remind you today that you are his daughter, that he has not forsaken you, that every promise he has ever given to you will come to pass in his timing, that he is for you, he is not against you, that he is working all things together for your good, and that you are chosen by the Most High God, my friends, then that is the greatest reason in all of eternity to get on a plane and come here. Because I want you to know, in that place of waiting, in that place of Elijah's saying, go look again quiet. Go look again. Give me a little more. Go look again. A little more. Go look again. Is that four? Go look again. Okay, seriously? Go look again. Because this I know, serving God a long time now and church planning and leading an army of women, sometimes God's timing. It doesn't look like mine and I feel like I'm looking again and looking again and looking again. But this is what I know, that the same God who brought fire on Mount Carmel, the same God who then came and 
is the same God that I serve, that you serve, that you serve, that we serve, and that same God will be faithful to do everything, 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 everything. He said he will do so. Who are we? We know who we are. We have clarity because our clarity is coming through the channel of our yeses. And in our yes, in our praise, and in our worship, we declare over, over every lie, over every detour, over every delay that we are chosen. Come on, ladies. That you are His. That you are chosen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.